0: Hello and welcome to the Interpreting Wine, Drinks and Hospitality podcast. I'm of course your host and podcast founder, Lawrence Francis, across eight episodes welcoming you to the Austrian wine producing region of Wagram. While I've covered several Austrian producers on the podcast, this is the first series featuring a deep dive of a single region with all the episodes recorded with producers in Wagram in September 2019. In their own words, they'll introduce you to the geology, the history, the local grape varieties, winemaking styles, and of course, wines of the region. All of the producers are at least organic, and some are biodynamic, and interestingly many of these wines are not yet available in major overseas markets, and where producers are seeking representation, I've included details in each episode. So without further ado, here's today's episode of this Vagram special. Today's episode of the Wagram special features Bernhard Moritz of Weingut Fritsch, another multi-generational producer with winemaker Carl Fritsch at the helm. We hear Bernhard's origin story and introduction into the winery. He talks about the transition to biodynamic and what it gives the winery before tasting five of their wines. Enjoy. So, hello, this is uh, Bernard from the Winery Fridge.
1: Uh, I, I'm really proud uh, to welcome Lawrence uh, today in, in the winery to, to tell him something about the winery, to show, to show some wines, and yeah. So, just uh, from my person, so I'm since 2009 in the winery, I'm responsible for sale and marketing. So the main part is uh, definitely uh, a sale uh, in the winery. And the history, why, why did I come to the winery? So in 2006, I met Carl Fritsch Jr. He's the owner of the winery. And uh, yeah, at this time, I worked for a small distributor in Austria, in the middle of Austria, and it's called Oberösterreich. And sometimes I traveled around with Carl and I was really impressed uh, by his wines and uh, his philosophy. And in 2009, I, I called him and said, hey, Carl, is there a possibility to work for you? Because, uh, yeah, I'm really yeah, fascinated by your wines and uh, your philosophy. And he said, OK, well, yeah, let's talk about it. And yeah, definitely we started in 2009. And the first, especially the first two years, uh, I always uh, spent uh, some days, some weeks in the vineyards, in the cellar, because it was really important for me to learn more about, uh, yeah, the wines, uh, for sure for the beer dynamic, because in 2006, Carl changed uh, to the beer dynamic, uh, and that means since 2009, all the wines are certified in the winery. And so, it's quite important for me to know really more or less all about uh, yeah the, the vineyards, uh, the vinification. So, it's uh, quite easy for me to explain the wines, the philosophy uh, for the customers. Yeah, and... Uh, so up to now, uh, we decide always together what we what we are doing, uh, what we harvest, at uh, what time we harvest. Uh, if you plant the wines in the cellar, we decided always together because he says, uh, "Yeah, you have to sell the wines and you have to be one hundred percent behind the wines." So yeah, it was uh, for
0: me a really fascinating time uh, the last ten years. It's super fascinating to hear, yeah, getting sort of, yeah, I guess, drawn towards what was a passion and what, you know, what was an interest and and obviously then making this your kind of main focus. Um, I, I do just want to sort of, I guess, ask you just to reflect back on that kind of transition period, because I think that you know the 06 to 09 period where um you know carl had sort of i guess made that that decision and and, and had made that transition over i mean yeah could, could you maybe just just talk to you know i guess where we are where where we're sat here were there any particular challenges in terms of taking what was at the time an established vineyard an established property over into biodynamics
1: i think uh, and there are two reasons for for the change uh, one reason was um so in, in 2005, uh, Karl Fritsch uh, met some colleagues like uh, Bernhard uh, Hannes Hirsch uh, from Kampdal, uh, Fred Leumann, also from Kamptal, And yeah, they tasted some wines and spoke about uh, the wines and and they said, what can we do that we can show more character, that we can really show the terroir in our wines and so they tasted uh, some some wines from other yeah, European or uh, organic biodynamic wine growers from, from uh, all over the world and they've seen that uh, it's definitely easier to show the terroir or uh, probably m- more the fingerprint uh Uh, of the of the winemaker if you do it uh, in a biodynamic way and uh, for sure the second reason is definitely the the change of of climate and so nowadays we can see that uh, uh, we can harvest earlier with a physiological ripeness and so we can keep more acidity more elegance more freshness uh, in uh, in our uh, grapes uh, berries and uh, therefore yeah probably we can show more elegance and more the character the terroir and especially on the Wagram region where we are located so the region is famous for less Mm -hmm. and less is definitely the best soil uh, for greener Medlina, because Corvina Medlina is a variety which needs perfect water supply, otherwise the wines get uh, stressed, uh, therefore you lose uh, the fruit, uh, the elegance, uh, acidity and uh, so it could be the key for the future, the biodynamic uh, to be a little bit earlier Uh, so if you look back to 17 and 18, we have seen uh, probably what we can expect uh, in the next century or in the next decade uh, in in terms of uh, climate change and uh, so it could definitely be a uh, a success for us uh, to to do it in another way. Now we start our tasting and in the winery fridge uh, the focus is absolutely on on Grüner Veltliner so a little bit more than 60% and the first wine uh, which we taste and talking about is our entry level uh, basic wine it's the regional wine it's called vagam Vetlina. so this this wine should show the character of our region so our region is uh, dominated uh, by Loess, the soil uh, which we are talking about is perfect for Gruner Medlina. We have perfect water supply, and with Lust Soil, you always get a special character that means you have always uh, a good creaminess on the palate, uh, yellow fruits uh, in the nose on the palate again, and uh, the wine show always a little bit smoother. And then you can comp- if you would compare it to other regions and so this is uh, definitely uh, less character in this wine and so the regional the basic wine is the most important in the winery because uh, i think it's easier to do a, a high-end grüner than a perfect uh, entry-level grüner so and uh, this this wine is the the calling calling card uh, for us and so I think if a customer is tasting the entry level wine and he's uh, yeah surprised and uh, yeah happy with the basic wine he will probably taste also the next step and uh, so this therefore we have a yeah we try to do a really good entry
0: level the depth really is is surprising again I, I've you know tried a, tried a fair amount of Gruna valina in my time um, and depending on the region it It's it's different, you know. I think it is a a grape that does does express its terroir very well. And here, yeah, there is so much depth. I mean, it it is almost surprising that it it is an eighteen. So you know, it is it is still a a young wine. You know, um, as you say, on the nose, there is there's so much fruit there. There's there's a real. Um, persistence, I would say there's a real um, length here and a real depth really to the to the wine. Yeah. And, and I just think yeah, it's just it is interesting, I think, to to see, you know, firsthand, you know, a lot of what you've been speaking about there in terms of the practices about what that can actually give you in the glass. It's really interesting. And, you know, I for one am, am also looking forward to trying some of the others just to see what else we're going to find in the glass as well. So we were
1: talking about the the depth of the the entry level wine the basic wine so I think there are two reasons uh, for for the the good depth in, in this wine so since 2008 uh, we just uh, do the spontaneous fermentation in the winery we know that it's uh, quite tricky sometimes and uh, not so easy but uh, we think you get more character, more depth, and so spontaneous fermentation takes always a longer time. So therefore, we you, you stay longer on, on the lease, and uh, if you stay a long time on the lease, you get uh, the depth. There. So now we have the second wine in, in the glass. Again, Grüner Veltliner. It's a single vineyard wine, um, the wine is called Ried Steinberg Grüner Veltliner, again from the Vintage 18. And the reason uh, to show this wine is uh, that we have not only less on the Wagram, so we also have some special vineyards where you also can find uh, more minerality. Especially in the Steinberg, uh, on top we have again less, uh, like the whole region. And in deeper layers, uh, you find slate and granite in the single vineyard Steinberg. And there you get a really special character. So, like in the first wine, you have more fruit, uh, it's a little bit smoother and uh, with the second uh, Grüner, you have much more uh, minerality spiciness, herbs flowers uh, herbal notes and so this this character you get uh, due to the uh, soil there and it's uh, also a quite important wine for us because this is always on a, a quite high quality level for us and it shows uh, each year, the same character, and with the wines, they are uh, sort of five to forty-five years old. Uh, so it's a very important uh, single vineyard for us. And so the the challenge for for the fridge uh, or the winery is uh, to show the terroir and uh, to taste the terroir. And uh, yeah, so that's the reason why now we we taste uh, the Steinbeck
0: I don't need to add masses there because I think you've you've done a, a very good job of describing the differences between um, the two wines um, I, I really just kind of yeah emphasize the point I made earlier there I, I don't think uh, in all the episodes that I've done uh, I haven't spoken I'm not sure that any of my guests have really spoken so much about the possibility of grabellina to to express its its terroir in that way i mean I think I may have been mainly tasting grabellinas from from similar terroirs with one producer, but what we've got there in the glass is is kind of living proof if you like that you're going to get you know a very different drinking experience you know a, a everything you've just said, it, it completely changes it, it, you know, it really does uh, get a different structure, a different kind of minerality different mouthfeel, different finish, ev- everything kind of changes but um, I guess as well uh, nice to have the, the, the two in your arsenal, you know, because you could easily get a bottle of each <laughs> they're different enough aren't they? So the last
1: uh, Grüner medlina, the third one in the glass now is our Ried Schlossberg Erste Lage Grüner Veltliner. Uh, The vintage is now 17. So the Erste Lage wines or the high-end wines in the winery need always a little bit longer uh, to show the elegance uh, or the quality. So 17 was like 18, a warm and dry vintage. uh, us uh, a little bit better than than 18 and for uh, Schlossberg we are also u- using the the big barrels for the vinification uh, if you compare it to the first both the wines to the classic wines where we're using just stainless steel tanks so for Schlossberg it's important for us uh, that we have micro oxidation uh to get more balance, uh more depth again and uh so Schlossberg is always uh for a long aging uh that means we have uh yeah Schlossberg back to the late eighties. Sometimes we show vertical tastings of Schlossberg uh, to show the customer which potential uh Schlossberg has. So we have the oldest wines on Schlossberg uh, and yeah. 55 to 60 years old and so the soil on Schlossberg is up to 20 meters only less therefore you get uh, really good creaminess on the palate exotic fruits and uh, good minerality in the back because you have also a little bit uh, particles of of limestone in, in less and so I think it's a really elegant wine and yeah so that's
0: Say high end Gruner from from our region. Again, yeah. You know, my observation is again, you know, I think just about the theme running through here for me is just again Gruner's ability to just you know express what the winemaker has has chosen to do with it here. Because I think then it, I, I'm I'm tasting and I'm and I'm you know I'm just sensing the word you use elegance. I, I think I think that's really expressing that time in the barrel. it, it, it really just feels. A much more you know put together wine all all of the edges are sort of sort of coming off here um you're getting that minerality certainly coming through It's, it's expressing that and then it's also expressing that creaminess that that fruitiness but you know all just sort of you know just more more in tune with one another um and as you've sort of just alluded to off mic really you know these have uh you know got got great aging potential the next wine is quite
1: special Austria but uh, this wine or this variety is uh, is quite famous for, for our region for the Wagram region it's a Rotavetlina it's a white uh, grape a white variety so something or somebody meant uh, it's uh, a family of, of Grüner but it isn't so it's really special and unique and there's nothing in common with Grüner So that means all the conditions which are perfect for Grüner are not perfect for Roter It's definitely the opposite. And so Roter doesn't have a really long tradition at the winery fridge. So it's uh, yeah. New experience since uh, 2012. That means we have planted one hectare of Rota in 2012 and 13. That means the first harvest of Rota was in 2016. And now we taste the third vintage of Rota It's uh, 2018 uh, in the glass now. The, the wine is called Rota Unfiltered so the the wine stays uh, one year one year in the barrel so it uh, filters by itself uh, we were talking about and so the vinification is also a little bit different to Grüner because for Grüner for the fermentation we use uh, only stainless steel and uh, for roto vetlina, for the fermentation we use a big barrel from acacia wood so it's uh, quite neutral or more neutral for us than, than an oak barrel. And we also do a skin contact for 30 to 36 hours for Older to get a little bit of tannins, to get, again, more uh, grip on the palate. And uh, it's for us, it's especially a perfect foot-pairing wine. It shows a really special or its own character – and uh, it's completely different for us to to Gruner. And it's also quite difficult to grow it because it's a thin skin and, uh, yeah, it's like a little bit uh, Pinot Noir. So, but yeah, in our region, I think it's, yeah, it's necessary to, to have it and uh, to show it, yeah. So, the last wine in our tasting now is uh, Pinot Noir. Why Pinot Noir? So, we love Pinot Noir and we think uh, that Pinot Noir works pretty good in our region, in our area. So, if you look, have a look on our planet, you will see that uh, the Burgundy is uh, nearly on the same latitude uh, than our region. So, therefore... We have really a good experience on, on Pinot Noir. And today we taste our Pinot Noir P. So that's our high-end Pinot Noir. We also do a entry level, but now we taste uh, the Pinot Noir P from the vintage 2017. So Carl Fritsch Senior planted in the early 80s uh, already uh, Pinot Noir. And so we have... Uh, all the wines here are uh, 35 to 37 years old now, and so the philosophy for all the wines in the winery, and especially also for uh, for Pinot is: first, we want to show the variety, the grape, the soil, and the vintage, and not uh, the vinification style, oak, or what else. So, in uh, this case, we do uh, the fermentation in open vets. And uh, then we age the wine in used uh, barrels, oak barrels, 500-liter barrels. We never use new oak for our Pinot. Uh, I told you the philosophy. First, we want to show the the elegance, the fruit of Pinot Noir. And so, uh, therefore, always used barrels for, for Pinot Noir in the winery and so this one is probably a little bit young but it shows a lot of elegance freshness we also have good acidity in our pinot and we think uh yeah pinot needs also acidity like a white because pinot lives from elegance uh, fruit freshness
0: and not from uh, uh, richness i would say mm yeah you're you're nailing these descriptions <laughs> uh, because yeah i think um it's a, a really spot on description I, I think it's it's really showing what it has to come i i agree you know it's 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 all of those things it's 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 very um it's quite vibrant i i would say i i think right from the color actually you know in the in the in the glass it's just got this this lovely um, transparency it's just it's just really shining out of the glass here uh, but yeah as you say you know this this will just go on and go go on and on uh, and just developing that that elegance and yeah it just it, if any wine you know has you can sense the touch of the winemaker I think here you can you can very much sense a, a very light touch you know that there that, that hasn't been um, you know the, the winemaker wanting to put a big stamp on this it's 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 just as you say you know ex- expressing what the fruit is and, and and what the region is giving to that fruit I think it's just really for me to say a huge thank you I you know really enjoyed uh, all of the wines I think I you know, really enjoyed the the descriptions that you've given I think they've they've been spot on and you know having having seen them and walked you know through uh, the winery and and seen some of the vineyards here myself I you know I can definitely get that Sense of place coming through in the in the glass here, uh, and so yeah, just finish off really. You know, just ask you you know open ended question. Uh, yeah, just to sort of I guess look ahead in terms of uh, the winery. You know, what what's what's the sort of um, you know direction I guess that that's being set that the kind of the the path that's being plotted, um, and yeah, maybe just say something about the markets i guess you know in your job you're out there in the markets quite a lot speaking to your customers all over the world so yeah give us a i guess a a a sense of of what's going out there in the markets and where these wines are being enjoyed so
1: if we look uh, a little bit in the future so we want to bring actually we we sell our wines uh mostly 40 percent is in the domestic market only for uh restaurants hotels and so on and for sure a little bit for for the private uh buyers or customers and uh and so i'm traveling a lot and the main markets in export are uh, germany and u.s i think uh, uh, probably we will not grow in in these countries uh probably in the future we can go to the eastern european to the eastern countries so actually we are not really represented there Um, yeah the scandinavian countries uh, are not so easy for us because there's the monopoly but uh, we also sell our wines in, in the Netherlands and the Belgium so these are good markets for us uh, because a lot of uh, yeah, Belgium and uh, Netherlands uh, people come, come to Austria to spend their holidays and uh, yeah they learn more and more about the Austrian wines and they love it so I hope probably in the future we will can show our wines again in the uk so actually we we don't sell the wines in in the uk but yeah everybody wants to be in, in the uk and it's not so easy uh but probably if you hear uh, the uh, the podcast uh you want to learn more and uh, more about fridge and taste them yeah so it was really a pleasure to have you here Lawrence. uh Uh, enjoyed uh, the hours with you and the tasting and yeah i hope to see you again soon and uh, taste again some wines with you and enjoy the stay in austria uh, the next two days and it was really nice to have you here thank you
0: many thanks bernard great to meet you tour the winery and of course taste the wines together do see below for websites, social media handle and contact email for Weingut Fritsch. And while you're at it, head to interpretingwine.com listen to subscribe to the podcast. Next time in the Wagram series in episode 336, I head to Weingut Schuster. See you then.